Hey everyone, welcome to Good Wolf Radio. It's Jared Scarlato. I'm the founder and fitness coach at Thrivology in Alexandria, Kentucky. And today we're going to start a conversation about showing up. Last time we talked about identity and how it's important to start to shift your identity over time. How identity gets in the way when you're trying to get started and how identity gets in the way while you're trying to keep going. Showing up is, of course, the most important part of all of that, but showing up is much more broad than simply the idea of, oh, I have to show up in order to make this new thing happen, whether I'm trying to start to exercise more or whether I'm trying to start to meal prep or whatever it is. So um, why are we talking about showing up? Well, I already kind of went into it a little bit, but basically there are two parts to making change happen. Two basic parts. Of course, there's much more, you know, detail inside of that. But um, first, you have to get started. And then you have to keep going. Okay, it's very simple, but it's not as easy as it sounds. So when we get started, our identity gets in the way. We argue with ourselves. We find reasons why we can't do it. Those reasons either keep us from doing something or make it harder to start doing something. Once we get started, we have to regulate our emotions because we go through a change cycle. And at the bottom of that change cycle is the trough of despair. And if you fall into that trough and you keep yourself there, you're going to have a hard time digging yourself out and continuing to make the change happen. So showing up is very nuanced. And today we're gonna start the topic of showing up by starting a conversation about habits. Now, we're not gonna talk about forming habits per se and what it takes to form habits. There's plenty of stuff out there about that. There's plenty of stuff about what we'll talk about today. Hopefully we'll dig a little deeper into some details so that we can understand how habits form um, and why they form and why they're important. So what are habits? Well, habits are simply behaviors that we perform at a regular interval or a somewhat regular interval. So that can be hourly, maybe every hour you have the habit of getting up and going to the water fountain and getting a drink, or it can be daily. Maybe you have the habit of, you know, brushing your teeth every morning. Maybe, hopefully you have that habit. Maybe you don't, I don't know. No judgment either way. Um, it can be weekly, it can be monthly, it can be yearly. So habits can be, you know, spread out over a period of time, but nonetheless, it's something that you do at a regular interval. To understand why a habit is important, I'm gonna tell you a quote. So this quote is from Marcus Aurelius. He was Roman emperor about 2,000 or so years ago. Um, he was known as the philosopher king, if you've ever heard the term. He's kind of comes from Marcus Aurelius. He's also the last of the great, I forget exactly the way that it's worded, but the last of the great five emperors of Rome. After that, basically began the downfall of Rome or the quicker downfall of Rome. Nonetheless, this is not a history lesson. Um, the soul is dyed by the color of your thoughts is a quote that he says in his book, Meditations, his book, it was a journal. And at the same time or in the same way, 
your body is dyed by the color of your habits. In other words, you are basically made up of all the habits and behaviors, behaviors that you partake in regularly. If you regularly go out and drink, then your body is dyed by the color of that. If you regularly, regularly read, your, your body and your soul understands that. If you do, you know, regularly brush your teeth, if you regularly, whatever, whatever your habits are, your body is dyed, quote unquote, dyed by the color of that. So our goal then is to make our habits work for us and not against us. And in order to be able to understand how we start to do that, we have to understand how habits are formed. So we can form habits passively or actively. If we form them passively or when we form them passively, basically we're doing it kind of just out of necessity. So for instance, uh, if you join a new group or you go to a new place or you have a new set of friends or whatever, and they already have things that they do regularly, you might tend to just fall into their habits, going out, you know, going out to eat regularly, whatever other habits that they might do. Um, you tend to, you might just fall into those same habits, okay? And that's a way of forming things, forming a habit passively. If you're forming a habit actively, you're deliberately forming a habit. You're doing it on purpose so that you can achieve some goal, which is what all habits are there for. All habits are there to achieve, to achieve a goal. No matter what that goal is, um, brushing your teeth the habit is there to achieve the goal of not having smelly breath and not getting gingivitis and improving your tooth health. Um, flossing the same idea. What are some other goals? Uh, drinking water is there so that you're not thirsty for the goal of not being thirsty. So um, there's any habit fulfills the need of a goal, a goal that you're either currently pursuing or that you've, you're trying to achieve. Both passive and active habits, as you build them, require two, more than two, but we're going to talk about two brain areas that they require. Uh, number one is your prefrontal cortex. It sits right here at the front of your, but right behind your forehead. Um, it's basically the area that gives meaning to the things that we do and also helps us override habits, override any habits that we currently have. So it kind of brings to awareness the habits that you have and that you might want to change them and then gives meaning to the, the things and the experiences that we do. The other area, like I said, this, these are the only two areas, but the, they're the ones we're going to talk about is the basal ganglia. So this is actually a number of different structures in the brain, um, but the basal ganglia is plays a major role in coordinating and consolidating movements like literal physical movements so it basically takes your habit and turns it into action if you will turns it into you moving with the basal ganglia there are two pathways of the basal ganglia when you're trying to coordinate and uh, construct these movements and put them together the first pathway is the associative pathway. 
So this is when you're starting something new and you're trying to figure out all the pieces and parts. You're literally like going, okay, let me try this. Let me think about what it's going to take in order for me to start this new exercise habit. I'm going to need to make sure that I grab my clothes and I grab my shoes and I grab this and I prepare my coffee for the morning so I can be ready and this, that, and the other thing. That's the associative pathway of the basal ganglia where you're trying to gather everything and figure out what it's going to take to, to make this habit work. Once you get through that part, then you're on to the automatic pathway. And the automatic pathway basically takes all that, consolidates it into a little bucket and says, hey, here's what it takes. It takes the conscious, in other words, and makes it unconscious. It makes it so that you can do this thing more easily. Conscious to unconscious. As we all know, anytime you start something new, you have to think about it a lot. You have to decide on things. You have to change things. You have to tinker and play and try new ideas. And um, sometimes you have to push through some friction in your mind. Uh, the neuroscientist and podcaster Andrew Huberman calls it limbic friction, which I think is a pretty cool term. Um, essentially, limbic friction, he defines as the stress in your mind whenever you have to start a new thing and you're too tired and you're going, ah, I'm too tired. I don't know if I feel like working out or you're too stressed literally. And you're like, I don't know if I can actually, you know, if I feel like eating healthy, if I want these fries or do I want this plate of broccoli? Um, or if you don't feel like you have the time, it's, it's literally the friction, like he says, the friction of life. Um, that you feel in your brain whenever you're trying to make a new habit. So it's moving from that associative pathway to the automatic pathway that is key. And that is called improving your procedural memory. It's not directly called that, but nonetheless, that is your procedural memory and you're improving your procedural memory. memory. In other words, the procedure that it takes in order to make the habit a habit, in order to make it automatic. Now that we have a general idea of, that's a very high overview of how they're formed, you use your prefrontal cortex in order to bring awareness to a habit that you're trying to change. Um, it also helps give meaning to the whole thing. And then you use your basal ganglia to go from uh, conscious to unconscious to make it to take all of these pieces and parts, consolidate them, and put them into a bucket so that it makes it easier for you to accomplish the habit. So why are habits formed then in the first place? Like I said in the beginning, or I said a couple minutes ago, habits are formed in order to help us achieve a goal, no matter what that goal is. Also already gave the example of brushing your teeth. Most of us understand or correlate them to things like trying to lose weight. So we, we start to eat differently so that we can lose weight. We start to exercise more so that we can get bigger muscles or so that we can get in better shape. And all of those things fit into, or all those goals fit into one of generally three buckets. There are three types of goals that we all pursue. Uh, the first outer layer, if you will, or the most superficial are outcome goals. So outcome is any outcome 
that you're trying to achieve. For instance, losing weight. I want to lose 20 pounds. That's an outcome that I'm after. And I'm going to start doing something to try and lose weight. The next one is called process goals. So if you take that outcome and you start doing something regularly, it's a process goal. I'm going to exercise every morning at 6.30. That's a process that I'm going to implement so that I can achieve the goal of losing 20 pounds. But also, this process is a goal at the same time. I have the goal of getting up every morning and working out at 6.30. And then, if you dig a little deeper, you have identity goals. Now, if you remember, when I started, we started this conversation, and the first conversation we had together, we talked about identity and how it is your identity that stands in the way of who you currently are and who you're trying to become and then all of the habits and things that it takes to become that person, okay? Not that you become a person, you're always becoming a person, if you will, but nonetheless, moving from your current position to the more empowered position that you're trying to be in. And identity goals are goals that reinforce the person that you believe that you are. Um, I work out because I am the kind of person that works out. I am the kind of person that wants to be healthy. Uh, I eat well because I am the kind of person that wants to eat well. Uh, I get regular sleep because I am the kind of person that wants to be healthy and get regular sleep. My identity is of a healthy demeanor. And so I'm going to have these kinds of goals that fit my identity. And it's those kinds of goals. Outcome goals are important. Process goals very important because you need to have a process. But it's the identity goals that really ingrain that identity that, we've, that we talked about last time that we mentioned in the beginning. And if you can really start to understand that and say, okay, what's the kind of person that I'm trying to become? How can I start to set these kinds of goals so that I can, and, and at the same time, remind myself that I'm, I am the kind of person that does these things, um, it will make it much easier to achieve those outcomes, put in the processes, and then create that identity. And it is in habits, in developing habits, that allows us to do that, which is all wrapped around this conversation, which is showing up. So, just as a quick overview of our main points, before we wrap this one up, this was kind of short and sweet, but I think that this is a good place to stop. What is a habit? Why does it matter? A habit is something that you perform at a regular interval, and it matters because you are made up of your habits. Every behavior that you do on a regular basis uh, creates who you are. It is quite literally that simple. Not easy, but it is that simple. Uh, your prefrontal cortex helps you bring, uh, excuse me, helps you bring meaning to the habits that you have. Um, it also helps you bring awareness to the habits that you might want to change. Your basal ganglia plays a major role in coordinating and consolidating those habits 
through two pathways. Pathway one, associative, where you're collecting things and putting them into a bucket so that it becomes automatic, the automatic pathway, conscious to unconscious. Uh, and then finally, they're there, habits are there to help us achieve goals. Three types of goals, either an outcome goal, a process goal, or an identity goal. And the closer we can get to that identity, the better off we're going to be. Make sure that you have those outcome and process goals in place as well, but we really want to set that identity. Here's the kind of person that I believe that I am, and here's the goals that I'm going to set for myself as I become that kind of person. So, and thinking about that and just a little general overview of habits, here's a couple of questions to think about until next time. Question number one, how much have I thought through the behaviors I currently employ? In other words, how much have you thought about your current habits, aka behaviors? They're not direct, but nonetheless. Um, how much have you actually thought about the habits that you have and how they help you or hinder you from moving toward the person that you want to become? Question number two. Sorry, I lost my questions. There it is. <laughs> I'm back. Um, when making a change, ask, am I making a change based on an outcome, a process, or identity goal? It's fine either way, but understand that if you're making a change strictly based on an outcome that you're after, you're going to have a much harder time trying. You're going to have much harder time achieving that outcome. If you're just like, oh, I just want to lose 20 pounds. Let me start eating differently. And it just stays at that level. You're going to have a much harder time doing it. If you're trying to set a new process in place and you still believe that you're the kind of person that doesn't exercise, but you're trying to set in the process of exercising, it's going to be much harder. But if you say, hey, here's the type of person that I am. Here's the type of person that I'm trying to become. Here's the goal that I'm setting in place you will have a much easier time pursuing it. Still not going to be an easy process in general, but you'll have an easier time pursuing it. Uh, last question. To support your identity during change, ask, what would a person who does X do? So X is simply a placeholder for whatever it is, um, whatever your identity is that you're trying to develop. So... Um, if, for instance, you're trying to eat better and you go to a party and someone tries to hand you a plate full of chips, ask yourself, what would a person who's trying to eat better do? What would a person who's trying to be healthy do? If you're trying to start running and you want to run a half marathon at the end of the year and you get home and you sit down and you're like, man, this feels really good, which is very likely that it feels good to sit down and relax. And you go, I don't know if I'm going to go out for that run today. Ask yourself, what would a person who's training for a marathon do? What would a person who is a professional runner do? What would a person who has the habit of being a runner and being healthy uh, do? And it could very well change your mind. Could very well change your mind. 
might also help you clarify what you're trying to go after because you may not be going after the thing you actually want, which is totally fine too. So uh, that's a good segue into our next conversation, which we'll talk about um, in the next episode. For now, make sure that you like, subscribe, share, comment, and let us know what you think. Let us know how we can improve. Let us know if you have any questions. And like I said, if you found this helpful in any way, um, share this with your friends so that they can also get benefit as you are. And until next time, my friends, here's to your success in health and fitness mastery.